Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello and thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Richard Maricut, where my goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. Uh, before we get started, just a reminder, I am not a financial advisor and today's show is for informational use only. Always consult with your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Um, so for today's episode, um, episode number 16, I'd like to talk about the blockchain technology, uh, what it's used for and how it relates to cryptocurrency, which has really taken off in the last couple of years. Um, and if you're new to this uh, space, um, you know, I will share some safeguards to consider uh, before uh, you purchase any crypto. So let's first talk about blockchain technology. So before you can really get into cryptocurrency, you have to understand uh, the technology behind that. Um, so that's blockchain technology. So blockchain is uh, basically a decentralized, uh, distributed, and oftentimes public digital ledger that consists of records that are called blocks. Um, these blocks are what is used to record transactions across um, many computers so that um, you know it makes it difficult to be altered. Um, and some say, well, you know, impossible to alter because once it's uh, on a blockchain, um, you know, basically everyone has access to view it. Um, this allows the participants to verify and audit the transactions independently, um, and it's relatively inexpensive to do so. There is no centralized or official copy that exists when you're dealing with blockchain, uh, and which means there's basically no user that is trusted more than any other. Um, this means that the transactions are broadcasted uh, throughout the entire network using software. So for example, um, you know, uh, one, one way to best describe this um, is that if there was a, a bad batch of lettuce that was reported through a, a local um, market, right, uh, or a big box store, the manual tracking of which farm produced that lettuce which trucks uh, the lettuce traveled on, which stores it was delivered to. Um, if you had to go back and try to audit that, in this example, let's just say it would take you know roughly six days for an audit to figure out where the bad batch of lettuce is reported in order to appropriately recall and remove those off the shelves. Um, you know, of course, this would also cause um, an overall recall on non-impacted lettuce which of course could cost you know millions of dollars depending on how big the the orders were, right? This also can uh, contribute to uh, a lengthy time, bad public relations for weeks uh, related to a single incident that may have actually only been, been impacted by one store, right, or one delivery. Um, in a blockchain example, if the records um, were kept on uh, basically every step of where the lettuce 
was shipping from throughout the entire process, um, you could actually identify each step of the delivery from the time that it left the farmer to uh, the route that it took on the truck to what store. Um, you know, every step, if you were to capture that on a blockchain type of flow or technology, you could audit that within a few seconds as opposed to a few weeks. From a security standpoint, <clears throat> because blockchain reports every, every digital transaction across hundreds of thousands or even million servers, um, it's said to be nearly impossible to hack or change a digital transaction uh, because you would have to change every single ledger transaction across all those, you know, again, thousands or even millions of servers. Um, whereas in a centralized system like a bank, for example, uh, there's always that human intervention that could could alter the documents. One of the um, one of the first and probably most well known uses for blockchain, of course, is cryptocurrencies. Uh, most cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, use blockchain technology, and now more and more companies are beginning to use uh, blockchain as as part of their digital growth. Um, as they see, it's definitely been catching on um, in the last few years. One of the uses on blockchain technology is smart contracts. So a smart contract is basically a transaction between uh, two people that would normally require you know, paying a third party to handle the transaction. Um, in, in, in a smart contract, this could be eliminated. And by eliminating that, it can reduce... Uh, some of the high fees that are associated with with normal contracts you know best way to describe this or an example would be you know when you purchase a home um, or a vehicle uh, maybe even sport contracts or uh, entertainment contracts you know these type of smart contracts in the future and even some now could be done uh, directly between two people without requiring um, other people to be involved or other third parties to be involved because the transaction or contract cannot be altered. From a financial services standpoint, uh, you know many banks have uh, began to express interest in implementing blockchain because of its potential to speed up back office uh, settlement systems. You know, keep in mind that there could be significant resistance uh, in implementing blockchain broadly in the banking systems because it can have the potential to eliminate. Um, multiple fees that they could typically charge uh, consumers um, and also it makes it more difficult to uh, alter or or corrupt from a video game standpoint um, you know as as more virtual reality worlds continue to gain popularity you know most recently the metaverse um, is bringing a lot of attention to this virtual world. The use of blockchain technology would allow uh, virtual reality payments, purchases, NFT purchases um, to become easier to transact. Um, we're definitely seeing that now with um, a lot more applications and companies offering uh, ways to make these transactions through uh, the use of blockchain technology, but more specifically using cryptocurrency. From a from an energy trading, um, this one I thought was pretty unique. Um, you know, neighborhoods might be able to soon share unused electricity to their neighbors, um, since power companies, for example, are unable to store generated energy. 
this could potentially reduce the average homeowner electricity bill by potentially allowing neighbors to purchase unused energy at a lower price than what the power company charges. Um, so I thought that was um, kind of a unique approach to using blockchain in a different way. And then uh, from a healthcare perspective, um, you know, in, in response to the COVID pandemic, uh, there was a company called Ernest & Young that was working on a blockchain to help employers, governments, and airlines, and others keep track of people who have uh, vaccination tests and could be immune to the virus. Hospitals could also use blockchain technology to help speed up insurance payments um, and to be, you know, ensure that they're paying healthcare providers um, a lot more faster using this technology. So from um, from a crypto security standpoint, you know, if you're in, if you're investing in cryptocurrency or if you're thinking about investing in cryptocurrency, one of the most important things to understand about it, especially um, as your investment grows, is how to store it and protect it. Um, so private keys um, is a sophisticated form of um, cryptography that allows you to access your cryptocurrency. Um, when you when you have access to private keys, you basically have access to your funds. Um, some wallets allow you to uh, control your private keys, and some, however, are custodial, um, which means the broker or the 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 application um, owns those rights. Owning and having your access to your own private keys, of course, gives you more power, uh, more control of your own cryptocurrency, but you also need to ensure that you keep these um, private keys safe and secure um, because if you lose them or forget them, uh, no one will have access to um, uh, get those private keys back to you. There's no way to basically reset your passcode right so that's that's one unique thing that makes you know crypto security so intriguing is that um you know the protection behind it is is one of the things that uh people look for in this but it also could be a negative if you happen to forget your your um, security keys if you're keeping your cryptocurrency um, over an exchange such as Robinhood or Webull or um, I believe even Coinbase Basics, uh, they're considered custodial accounts. Therefore, you're entrusting a, a third party with your private keys um, and mandating them to serve as your safeguard. Um, a wallet, for example, is a secure digital wallet used to store send and receive digital currency like bitcoin or ethereum um, you know although i mentioned store uh, cryptocurrency isn't actually stored in a wallet um, it's stored on uh, the coins blockchain right so your wallet is just a software designed to interact with the blockchain uh, so so instead your wallet stores addresses not the actual crypto tokens now, uh, speaking of wallets, um, there are four different types of wallets, common wallets that you could use to manage your crypto assets. Um, there are what's called hot wallets, which include uh, online and software based. Uh, and then there's cold wallets, which include uh, physical or hardware, uh, as well as paper wallets. Okay, so best way to think about that is hot being digital, uh, cold being physical. Now, cold wallets, um, 
you know, a hardware wallet uh, is a cryptocurrency wallet which stores your private keys in a secure hardware space. Um, the main principle behind the hardware wallets is to provide full isolation between your private keys um, and your computer or smartphone, which typically can be hackable, right? Um, these hardware wallets can typically cost anywhere from $50 to $100 or to $200, um, but always make sure to buy your, your uh, hard wallets from a reputable company. These hardware wallets are typically in a form of like a USB uh, type of design. So if you think about it that way, um, so you would download your, you know, your private keys onto that. And so it would not be stored on your computer, but rather on a physical device. Um, again, it, it protects you from not being connected where it can't be hacked, but then you have the risk of losing that, um, that hardware wallet or that USB device, right? So keep that in mind. A paper wallet, um, you know, of course, as the name suggests, involves printing the private keys uh, and the corresponding address and then storing it, whether it's in a safe, a vault, something like that. Um, it's a good way to keep your cryptocurrency keys offline, but it will require you, of course, to pay a lot of attention um, and care to the piece of paper, right? So you don't lose it should you forget your, your private keys. Um, if, if you do... Um, you know, if your paper correspondence does get lost or destroyed and you forget it, again, keep in mind that you will permanently lose access to your crypto funds. There is no way to reset your your uh, private key should you forget. The hot wallets or the, the online wallets, um, again, these enable you to access your crypto from, from any browser that's connected to the Internet. Uh, with an online wallet, you don't have to download uh, an app, but um, although there are some options for, for app-based uh, wallets, um, but as long as you are on a uh, real or virtual server, you'll be able to access your crypto funds. Uh, some online wallets allow you to control the private keys, as I mentioned, uh, and some are custodial where you won't. Um, some non-custodial online wallets are companies like blockchain.com, MyEtherWallet, um, and then some custodial online wallets would be, you know, things like Coinbase um, or, or even Robinhood, for example. Software wallets are applications um, for, or basically used to manage your cryptocurrencies that can be installed on your, either your computer or or your smartphone, um, you know, you remain in control of your private keys, which are not controlled by a third party. Um, some software wallets are companies like Atomic Wallet, Exodus, Coinbase Wallet, which is different from uh, the Coinbase Pro. Now, if you're again new to the cryptocurrency space, um, there is a good article uh, written by KingPassive.com. Um, they had an article titled 10 easy ways to pick which cryptocurrencies to invest. Um, again, this is not uh, specific advice. This is just a recap of their article. Um, but you know, I think these, these items uh, of consideration definitely make sense. But again, always do your own research and diligence before uh, investing in cryptocurrency. So I'm going to run through some of these. Um, the first one is the community. 
Um, so a big part of cryptocurrency success is um, is its following, right? So look out for cryptos with strong communities, um, loyal followers, because um, that shows that people have genuine interest in the belief in the cryptocurrency. So oftentimes, the you know the larger the community, um, the more um, possibility that the price may increase over time. Second is the fundamental analysis, uh, which simply means um, the foundations of an investment, their team, their ambitions, their strengths, right? Uh, third is um, the, the team or the leaders of the cryptocurrency or, you know, who, who created and the team that's pushing it. One of the top things you can research in um, or you should reach research in cryptocurrencies team is who's behind it. Um, are they ambitious? Do you trust their expertise? Do they have any proven track record? Uh, right. So understand the makeup of the team that is putting out that cryptocurrency. Number four is the technology. Um, you know, a big part of the cryptocurrency's success is the underlining technology, right? Um, so you have to understand how it's going to perform against its competitors. Uh, because it seems like every month there's a new cryptocurrency that is, is being created. Um, so you want to understand what makes their technology stand out from the crowd. Um, you know, are they big innovators? Um, you know, will the, will the cryptocurrency disrupt the, the industry? Is it going to solve problems um, in, in the retail space and in the consumer space? You know, those are things that you want to look at um, in order to determine whether or not the cryptocurrency has a technology that um, that you believe has a future. Number five is the white paper. So um, every time a new cryptocurrency is released, uh, they usually bring out a white paper. Um, this will outline the purpose of the coin, its technology, how it works, and its overall vision from the founders. Um, you know, watch out for red flags such as things that are promising. Um, unrealistic things or if they're too ambitious with their goals um, the the white paper is uh, available for the public so as you go through it you know look for things like spelling or grammar errors in the paper which could be again flags of consideration um, that the cryptocurrency could potentially be um, fraudulent right um, number six is their vision you know you want to make sure that um, you know they will be around for the next five to 10 plus years. So if the company or the white paper isn't speaking about future or long term, that could be a problem, right? That could be a short lived cryptocurrency. Um, number seven is the leadership. Um, the success of the coin is navigated by a leadership team. So research the team and look what they've achieved so far. Uh, look to see, um, you know, if they're personally invested in the project. Have they had previous cryptocurrency or blockchain technology experience? And what's been their reputation uh, from the previous or current roles? Number eight is the pricing history. So similar to stocks, you can review the, um, the price history of that crypto coin, right? Um, are they volatile in value? Meaning does every day the price have a significant swing in price? Um, when the market takes a big dip with stock prices, how does your cryptocurrency react to it? Um, you know, does it quickly sell off? Does it quickly spike? Uh, if so, try to understand what caused it. 
Number nine, uh, the credibility and reputation. Um, is, the, is the currency respected online? Do they have a strong reputation from its followers? You know, you could do some quick Google searches to see what kind of articles have been written about the cryptocurrency. Um, and, and if there's any notable uh, websites that are speaking highly of it, right? And then if they are speaking highly of it, what's the reason? Um, which leads to the final number 10 on their list was the roadmap. You know, so when you're deciding which cryptocurrency to invest in, uh, you should look for a coin with a solid roadmap and strong plans for development. Uh, you know, you want to look for things that have very clear timelines for the devel development of the coin if it's not yet public. You know, when are they planning any future major releases? Um, does the coin have any limited number of coins in circulations? Uh, when will they expect to reach that limit? You know, those type of things is you want to understand that the company... Um, or the coin has um, a very clear understanding of their direction. So that's it for today's podcast. I, I hope you enjoyed today's session. Um, if so, I'd appreciate you giving me a positive rating on whichever podcast platform you may be listening on. Um, it does help me get my message out to more users to improve their financial literacy. Um, and for more information about uh, our services, please visit behaviorwealthconsulting.com. Uh, and also, if you'd like to hear more about a specific topic on future episodes, uh, you can email us directly at behavioralwealthconsulting at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com.